Right. Welcome back to the David Watson podcast. And today, this episode is a special episode for me. It's 100. 100 episodes of David Watson podcast have been recorded. So, in honor of this, I invite Caroline Kavanagh, my therapist, the very first podcast I ever did. And without without the conversations I had with Caroline, I wouldn't be here talking to you now. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, please like and subscribe and leave any comments you have below. Good afternoon. Welcome to the 100th episode of the David Watson podcast. And today's guest is Caroline, who some of you will know because I often refer to her as my therapist, um, but actually was also the very first person I ever did a podcast with. And so here we are, centenary edition, I guess. How are you? I am absolutely delighted to be here. It's um, it's one of these things that when we did that first podcast, you're never quite sure when, when someone starts something new, how long it will continue. But I really had as, as much confidence as I could have at that point that you would get to this 100th podcast. And we, we said at the time, you know, if we get to 100, can I come back? And here we are. Yeah. That, that's... What's it mean? Sorry, could you say when it again? was that first one? How long has it been? When was that first one? Do you know, this is really shabby. I have no idea. I think it must have been 2020. I was going to say about three years, give or take. Yeah, because it's. I'm sure they... It's probably they, part, wasn't it? Yeah, they they happened in lockdown. It started in lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah, because I came to see you during one of the in between lockdowns, didn't I? We were allowed out, and you were allowed to see clients again. I, I was allowed to continue seeing clients because I was fell under the mental health umbrella. So once yeah. the first sort of really tight lockdown uh, happened, post that, I was uh, I fell within the umbrella of mental health, so I was allowed to start seeing people and was mm. just had to increase my gap in between sessions to um anti back everything yeah let me just let me just i'm just going to jump on my phone a second just have a look at um youtube is probably going to be the best one to check but yeah it's either 2021 or 2020 i'm starting to think it's 2021 to be honest but um yeah, it's not bad, is it? A hundred episodes. I think it's well, rather than saying not bad, I think it's flipping amazing. It, yeah, it, it is. I tell you what's very um, the the funniest or the strangest thing about it all is this: this literally is something we said we would do on yeah. on the beginning episode. So it's 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 almost. Um, Yeah, it's coming up two years ago for some of these. So, hang on a second. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... I just realised, by the way, um, that I'm actually looking at the wrong YouTube account. This is the problem with having podcasts <laughs> and other things, is you have so many different social media accounts and, and different... Even I have, like, four YouTube accounts. So, depending on what you're... Yeah you're you're logged into but yeah i, I do it must be there or thereabouts give or take it it's about three years isn't it uh three years ago three years ago yeah Hello and, to the very and interestingly i just had a quick look at that very first episode and it has the watermark on it from the video company that i use for editing because i hadn't right. paid for a subscription yeah. yet <laughs> I use I was using their free service and yeah and and that's kind of yeah they're the things that so I uh, yeah I I've got all this stuff dusting itself off in the back of my head coming to the front yeah like, oh yeah because that's yeah so for people for reference I w had been talking to you during therapy sessions about um, a desire that I had because I wanted to do a podcast and I'd been talking about it for a couple of years. And one of the yep. things that had come up was that because I didn't know how to do it, I was always trying to kind of attach myself almost in a codependent way to people that I thought could do it or knew how to do it. Yeah. 
which was stopping me from just going ahead and finding out for myself which ultimately was just the the simplest self-esteem thing of all you're just worried that it, you'll get it wrong and you'll fail and blah 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 so i never tried to yeah, do it on my own that, you know we we all have it in in different forms it's the fear of failure and the fear of judgment what are other people going to say yeah exactly and it was that in its simplest form so I went away from one of those therapy sessions and then came back to the next one saying, I, I'm going to do the podcast. And because you helped me get there, you're going to be the first guest. And he was like, Oh, right, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, really, David, you are, you are the epitome of a lot of the work that I do with, with so many people is, yeah, and myself included, there's all things we want to do, but anxiety stops you from doing it in some mm. shape or form. And typically it is, the basis for those two fears are typically one of the main reasons, either the fear of failure and the fear of judgment. And two of them are very closely linked because it's how people will judge your failure. It is. So yeah. we don't do it because by not doing it, you don't take the risk. Therefore you don't fail. So you procrastinate. And that's what procrastination really is all about. It's just stopping you taking the risk. But I think there must've been something that either you thought or I said that created that thought that went, you know, sod it, I'll take the risk anyway, and think- took those steps. And I remember from the first, uh, you know, even in that first session, um, I think the tech went down. And then I remember in some of your other podcasts, I remember the lovely one where your niece walked in in the middle of the yeah. interview that you were doing. Yeah, and that another was one where your, uh, your mic fell over. So, you know, it goes wrong. But here you are, 100 down the line, completely confident. Anything in your stride you just overcome. So it's just really is a wonderful epitome of when you step outside of your comfort zone and you stay out there, your comfort zone grows and you become more confident. Yeah, I still, I mean, just going back to something you say, one of the things, I and I think we're the worst for this, especially as coaches and therapists, et cetera, is we don't realise our own anxieties sometimes. We analyse them because yeah. we've analysed and we think we've, we've got a handle on it. And of course, whereas I realised in that, session that we were doing when i was talking about it it's just like oh this is that repeated happen this is that history repeating itself where i tried to do something with someone else because for some reason that motivates me and inspires me more than just doing it for myself and it's actually because Uh i don't i don't feel afraid of what people will say or think if it goes wrong because i've got somebody to bounce off and so then going to do it and just yeah just having to suck it up and get uncomfortable with it all and yeah and i remember all of the excuses for of not having anyone that could do it learn it how to do it who to speak to yeah and like you're saying now we're 100 episodes in and things still actually do get nervous i still do get nervous when i'm looking at the clock waiting to see if they you know because the ones that catch you out are people will there's one that's just jumped to mind i had this guy who had booked booked in to do the zoom uh to do the podcast we'd actually spoken on the phone and so i had his phone number blah 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 he even texted me to say i'll be there uh just to let you know everything's good i'll be there in 15 minutes never turned up Uh and i've actually had that a couple of times where i've either been on messenger with somebody talking to somebody and it might be 24 hours beforehand confirming everything's all good and then, and then they don't show up for the podcast yeah. <laughs> and they never reply to your next message which is hey you know i was, I was expecting to see you today you know don't worry and i always say look if you can't do it don't worry but are you okay you know because for all i know yeah. they've been hit by a car and yeah. the, the worst ones are when you then see them on social media chatting it and they're talking about integrity and stuff like that and you're like fuck off you, d- you didn't turn up for my meeting you know yeah. and some of them and i'm I not gonna for somewhat for some people they would interpret that as um their problem whereas that's on them you know that individual who didn't turn up that's a reflection of who he is mm. and not a reflection of who you are and I think, again that's another big source of anxiety is is people think oh i must have done something wrong and they internalize the impact of someone else's behavior yeah, I think that's you, know, you. You're very good at, that, and maybe that's just your own personality and your confidence in what you do. Is that someone else's shit? <laughs> I don't need um, to make it mine. I, I I would have said I was very good at that when I was looking at it 
externally. So if you and I were talking or I was coaching a client and the client was saying that, I would have been like, look, people are flaky, don't worry about it. But when the rejection is on myself and it's personal, um, that was, don't get me wrong, I was able to go, no, they're just flaky. But there's still a part of me that deeply disappointed in them, especially the ones that, um, yeah. there's one person that I'm not going to name them, but they had, I'd actually done a podcast with them. We still chatted, you know, over a period of time. And I'd even said to them, you know, when you've done X, Y, and Z, if, if you'd like to come on the podcast, I'd, I'd love to chat to you again about it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that'd be brilliant. That would be brilliant. And it was all set up, all arranged. And I was even chatting to them the day before. And yeah, come come the moment, come off the hour. No, they didn't turn up. And then, yeah. and just acted like nothing had happened. And then, and like I say, you then see them on social media talking about integrity, values, and you just think, you full of shit absolutely full of shit and but then also saying that i've got a podcast coming up with a chap who had originally arranged to do it didn't turn up and then come back to me you know a while ago a couple of days afterwards said look really sorry something came up and then actually like i said about a month ago said look i know i let you down last time i'd still like to come on the podcast could we do it i was like yeah okay yeah. you know because yeah. that's integrity yeah yeah, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting. It's a it's it's a learning curve. Do you know what I mean? And, so uh, I have a question for you. You said earlier that sometimes you still get nervous before you do a podcast. Yeah, is that? Can you tell the difference between anxiety and excitement? Because the feeling inside the body is actually very similar. And something I see yeah. a lot with a lot of people when I really challenge them, they go, "Actually, no, I'm not nervous. I'm quite excited." But you interpret it as nervousness. Um, I'm going to say it's nervousness because sometimes I'm really excited about who the guest is. Um, you would be a good point because it's it's not like I don't know you. You know, I, I, I've been to your house several times. I've, I've met your husband. I've met your kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm I'm sitting there looking, waiting for that little notification to come up to say admit. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I and. It's the same feeling I get with everybody for every podcast. It's, I think it's that not, until that sign comes up saying admit, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. And the funny thing is, if it doesn't come up, I leave it 15 minutes and then just go off, close the thing down and go and get a cup of tea. And, and I, and it's never bothered, that's never bothered me weirdly, but just that, that, that moment, because there's no reason I'd have any anxiety about talking to you because you, you, yeah. you know me inside and out and have spoken to me at my most vulnerable moments. But there's still that weirdly that nervousness which you're going to turn up, and I'm watching the clock. Yeah. So one of, one of the big things that um, is really important to me in all of the work that I do is yeah we all have anxiety, yeah. and anxiety is actually a good thing. Now, anxiety is what stops us from putting a hand on something hot. It's what makes us check the cars before we cross the road. So it keeps us alive. And once you're kept alive, there's then another layer to it. Actually, when you feel anxious. It's because your body is pumped through of adrenaline. And what adrenaline does is it heightens your performance. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get the same feeling. I'm a, I'm a professional speaker and I will go out, I go into schools, into companies um, and, and do talks in front of audiences. Um, and I will often get that same feeling of butterflies in the stomach and sweaty palms. And my heart rate is as if I'd just climbed up a massive hill. But I rather than go, oh, shit, I'm really nervous, I go, yeah, this is the adrenaline in my body, which means that I'm actually going to be firing on all cylinders, which I want to be doing when I'm standing in front of 200 people. And I think that's the same for you, is that adrenaline in your body that you're determining is nerves, is nerves, but mm. what it's doing is putting you in a position where you are going to be the best podcast host that you can be in this moment. Because if I you were sitting in the back and really chilled, as if we would have been, you know, in some of the other conversations we've had, it would be a different person that I'd be speaking to now. Yeah, I definitely, um, I've definitely developed a good sense of come what may. It, it, you know, it. I, you know, I. Sometimes when I'm I'm doing a podcast with somebody, um, you don't get that. You don't necessarily feel that instant gel that instant connection yeah. and and i might be sort of five or seven minutes in and i'll look it's sort of like oh this is going to be a long a long episode it's going slowly yeah yeah absolutely because sometimes you just have a really good energy with somebody and you, you just start chatting 
like right now funny enough the internet guy was here today fixing the internet and it's just come up as a warning the internet is unstable and things like that yeah. just don't don't phase me now because it's happened so often and it's so beyond my control because like i said at eight o'clock this morning the internet guy was here the uh, the guy from british telecom was here fixing the telephone and the internet and that that's another thing like once upon a time i would have probably messaged you in advance and said hey uh, there might be a problem because we've got the engineer coming around Wednesday morning and the time was given was between eight and one. And I was just like, yeah, if he hasn't turned up by 12, I'll just message Caroline and say, there may be a problem because the engineer hasn't mm -hmm. arrived yet. And even though he's fixed everything, it's come up saying internet is unstable. And so, yeah, things like that, I've just developed that kind of fixed skin that it's beyond my control and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And it's the same as when I realize that I've not necessarily clicked or gelled with somebody, I just focus on listening to them a bit more. Yeah. And just become yeah. aware, you know, just, just just tune in, David, listen to what they're saying. Um, just... it's, it's experience that's allowed you to do that. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a hundred episodes, you know, and it may have been the twentieth episode that you tipped the balance. Fiftieth, it doesn't matter. The fact is, you kept putting yourself in that uncomfortable place to the fact that, as you say, internet going down, being unstable, someone not having that same rapport doesn't throw you now in the same way that it would have done on episode two or eight yeah. or even fifteen. Yeah, it's it's weird. Some of those earlier. Um podcasts like you know because you introduced me to a lot of people and yeah. they were a lot easier to do because people would just they would often because i'd email them from an introduction from yourself or something like that and and they were a lot so, easier because they would um but yeah they were just enthusiastic if anything they they actually seemed to have a genuine curiosity and excitement about it and so they would be much more approachable and have almost have as many questions themselves as I, as I might want to talk to. So those conversations were much more free flowing. And then as time's gone on, um, I'm in this wonderful position at the moment where I seem to have come under the radar of some publicists. So I'm, I'm speaking to this author after author after author after author, and it sort of started in about November, and I think I'm still booked up booked up until February. And some of them are really, I mean, they've, they've all been interesting because they've all got these um, books and it's such varying topics. But also some of them also have this kind of the spiel. They, they just have a set things they talk about and you get sent through questions, which, as you can imagine, I just ignore. And, you know, it's just like, oh, you can talk. I get all these press releases about what you can talk and ask them about. And I'm just like, yeah, but you just told me that now. And, it, and it's all sort of set and this is what you do. So yeah. I, you know, um, I've got them all over the office because, like, like I said, I just ignore them. Um, and and some of them, like you know, they're pages long. Yeah. You know, and you're just yeah. like, no, I'm, you know. Um, and that that's okay if podcasts are there for that purpose. But uh, and one of the reasons I love your podcast is it's just when I've been listening to a lot of the ones that you've done, it, it feels like you're earwigging on someone's conversation. It's just really yeah. fun. But that, that's because that's was the goal, wasn't it? Is I just wanted them to be, it was based around that concept. Of if you're sat on a train, plane or bus and you're hearing two people talking and you're like, Oh, hang on a second. What's that about? And, mm. and, and one of the things I learned during the podcast is, it's a blessing and a curse because people that have something to sell are willing to come on. Yeah. And I, I actually do want to know what they, they want to sell and I want to know why they want to sell it. And I want to know why it's valuable to people. And I want to know why they developed their passion for it. I want to know when that passion started, when did that passion question their own ethics, morals, or how they thought about the world. I want to know all of that. And you start seeing them just going down, you know, like it doesn't matter what you say to them. You'll be like, oh, was it raining outside? Yeah. So I sell this product to 22 people across 17 countries You're like, and, and the weather's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're not even listening to the question. And you're just like, oh, right. Okay. This could be a long podcast. You know? and, and it's just true. <laughs> or a very short one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. Um, and, and it is, it's, it's just trying to, 
strip away that because I'm aware as much as anyone that people have something to sell. So let, let's talk about why you love selling it. What, why is you selling it? Why is you develop it? Because they're working really hard behind the scenes to do this and produce it. It's not easy coming up with a training course. It's, it's not easy being a speaker. It's not easy going into schools. It's not easy writing a book. You know, so there's a wealth of things you can talk about that other people will say, oh, so that's how you do it. And like you said, you realize, I oh, know we're all anxious. We all get nervous. We all get excited. It's just what we do is keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we don't worry about when it goes wrong. And if it does go wrong, you just do what I did and say, oh, like, even though the engineer's been in today, the internet's unstable still. And you just yeah. tell you just tell people. And it's relatable because everyone out there has had an engineer come around to look at the phone, look at the internet, and gets pissed off with bad, you know, bad reception and bad internet connections. Well, I'm still very much of the belief that in the vast majority of cases, people buy from people. I mean, it's, you know, therapy, the world that we're in, sort of mental health care, um, is is really an, a great example of that. Now, I was working with um, a, a teenage girl recently. She'd gone through the CAMS route, um, and she'd been the victim of some sexual abuse. And the therapist that she was given in CAMS was a 65-year-old bloke. Nice. How relatable is that to a 13-year-old girl? So, you know... That just was never, ever going to work. It was no reflection on him and what the skill set he had. As a therapist, that rapport is the most important thing. And that's why the first session I always have with anyone, regardless of what their need is and who they are, is what is called a chemistry session. Yeah. Where we just have a chat. Because if that chemistry isn't between us, and if either one of us doesn't feel that chemistry, we don't continue our work together, and I'll signpost them off somewhere else. It's funny that, because there's two things that popped into my head. One, you and that, that bloke should have known better. He, he should have sat that and said, this isn't for me. But that chemistry session, because I remember our chemistry session, yeah. and I, do, you, do, do you remember it? I'm not sure if I do remember that far back because I know because, who referred you to me. So yeah, it wasn't a complete unknown to you. No, so there was it was there was three things that had happened. Is um, the lady, the mutual friend that you and I both have, um, had yeah. mentioned you. I'd heard about you from two other places, so I'd gone down that law free. If I see here something three times, then do it. Okay. Yeah. So that that was kind of like I can't remember. How I'd heard of you, two other people had mentioned you, and then somebody, you know, the, the lady that um, you and I both know, actually was talking about you, and, and I was like, oh, right, okay, so, you know, free time to charm sort of thing. And in that session, I was talking about something that was pissing me off and how angry I was getting. And I said, like, you know, I'm just, I, I think it was along the lines of, you know, and sometimes I'm there questioning what a bunch of cunts they are. And you just straight away went, what they are cunts? And I was like, this will do for me. This, <laughs> you know, because I'd just gone off and into this like monologue rant, and you just straight away just rebuffed it as, well, what if they are? And you'd used the C word as well. And because that's one of the things that I used that has annoyed me over the years with therapists, whatever, is if you have to moderate your language. Because if I have to moderate my language, I can't talk to you because I'm going to yeah. be in the middle of a rant. And then suddenly pause, like, oh, how do I articulate this properly so that you're not offended and I'm the one paying yeah. the bill? <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to listen to me, not me. Ooh, I hope I don't upset you. And uh, and that, yeah, so yeah. that chemistry session is that you talked about the first one, that's that's what sold it to me. It's like something just popped into my head about a session I had with, with a guy. Because um, I think pers uh, it's personal belief. It's not a generalist to all therapists. Authenticity is really important to me. You know, mm. I, I need to be me because if I'm not being me, I'm not being my best version. And this similar, or a gentleman was sitting in front of me having a bit of a rant of something. And it was only supposed to be a thought, but it came out loud. And it just came out and I said, stop fucking whinging and get on with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he just looked at me. And as soon as I said it, it was like, oh, it came out loud. It wasn't supposed to. I held, I held his sort of vision, kept looking at his eyes, and he just absolutely crooked up, and he went, "I really needed to hear that. Thank you." And and yeah. that's no, but that that's it. That that's that's that thing that you need 
because if if you're if there's anything else is filtered yeah and when it's i i i always have found that when it's filtered i can't there's no progress there's no there's no progression i, I can't move forward and can't and to be honest with you the thought that's popped into my head is i think a lot of therapists don't like the work they hate the job <laughs> and you know and it, it's, it's it's one of the reasons i never pursued the counseling career because i didn't like that back then that kind of just that start of listening i always i've always had that yeah no that's great we need to work on this we need to talk about that we need to offload it but what are we going to do to move forward how are we going to be proactive yeah, about action. it yeah yeah and and that's why i never pursued it past the original sort of exams yeah. I do have to be a little bit careful because probably about 50% of my client base now are teenagers. Yeah. So I will always sort of do a caveat in front of a teenager and say, you know, do you, do you mind if I use a few, few fruity words? And they're normally as like, thank God, because if you can, so can I. Yeah, um, I, 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 I couldn't imagine. I burnt once. Yeah, I had to get my fingers burnt once where, where I did. It wasn't even, you know, the F word. I think I just used um, shit or something like that. And they went and told their mum, and she was like, "How dare you use that language in front of my son?" And that was it. I never saw yeah. them again. Um, yeah. But typically, you know, I think it, it, it's. I don't. I. I don't like it personally if people use language for the sake of using it. Yeah. Yeah. Where where there's f in every every other word or every sentence mm. has got it thrown in, that that really irritates me. But you know, like I said, it was just like, oh, stop fucking whinging and getting on with it. No, um, it's, it is. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing teenagers. I, I, I couldn't um, imagine. I, I imagine that I would probably get on quite well with some of them. I don't imagine their parents yeah. would be that pleased with it. Yeah. But again, that's, you know, I, I love working with them, but I've, well, so I've got two teenagers. I've got two, two teenagers for another 17 days until one of them turns 20. So it, it's a group that, you know, they've been part of my life for the last 10 years. Yeah, of course. It's a comfort zone for me. And I also think it's a sector of society that are being really underserved at the moment. CAMS is on its knees. Mm. Um, and I was just having this conversation with someone this morning. I don't think the tsunami of the impact of the pandemic on the age group 15 to say 21, 22 at the moment has really hit. It, it's still coming. And the medical system generally are stick, either sticking their heads in the sand or aren't even looking because the, it is just escalating, even though lockdown finished three years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about this. And I need to caveat it first because otherwise all the flaky snowflakes and idiots are going to get triggered. Um I and I'm curious because whenever I have these conversations with people, opinions differ. Where where are we drawing the line between that's reality, life is tough, right? Yeah. If you don't if you don't like it, get a shield, get a helmet, figure it out because life is tough. And that and that reality of life, okay, that's reality of life without any compassion, okay. And how do we inspire? people that look life is tough you have to get on with it let's see where the tools in your toolbox are so that we can manage this life that's if you think the pandemic is hard wait until you get kicked properly because mm -hmm. life under the pandemic was difficult for everybody for different reasons but some of you had it a lot easier than others and if you were a kid who didn't have to go to school well you lived it great but it doesn't mean you weren't affected when someone else in your class was do you know what i mean and so and this is what i, I try to understand because I, I do think it's a valuable conversation life is hard get a helmet buy a shield whatever we have to have compassion for some people Mm -hmm. And where are we drawing the line between who is being a victim, who needs to kick up the backside, who needs a genuine hug and support? And within all of that question, how do we do it? Can you expect me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> just in terms of an opinion. And bear, bearing yeah. in mind, you, you have said, you told somebody, stop fucking whinging and get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Would I say that to a teenager? Actually, possibly, in some cases. Um, as I'm saying, how, how do, so CAMS as an organisation, like you say, yeah. it's, it's on its floor. Successive governments have, have never been good at this and will try and throw money at it. And the problem with throwing money at it in one hand is you just get people putting in big tenders and private organisation making profits. And there's with very little value for money. So, so how, how, like I said, some teenagers do just need a bit of kick up the ass, some tough love, some need bolstering, mm -hmm. some genuinely need an opportunity to sit down and just feel that they can just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of time. I guess there's two key kind of tools, techniques, whatever word you want to use, that I, I tend to use a lot with teenagers. And one of them is choice. Um, and the other one is all about the lens that you look through. And they're yeah. actually sort of very closely linked. So you know, we all have choices. We can sit there and go, oh, poor me, it's all your fault. And we do think in the Western world generally, increasingly live in a blame culture. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's, it, I've seen a lot of it coming over from the States in the, who can you sue? No, take responsibility. You know, I tripped mm. over a stone, therefore let's sue the council. Why well, not just looking where you're going in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we are very much in a blame culture, which these kids are being brought up in where it's always someone else's fault which means therefore you never take responsibility for the action that you took because you were always part, you know, any interaction, it's it, in the word inter, there's more than one person of which you were one. So take responsibility for your contribution to one of that output. And rather than going for blame, what can you learn? How can you make it better? And that becomes choice. You know, how do you want to choose to react to this? Do you want to be the victim or do you want to be the person that goes, fuck it, I'm going to be the difference? And I'm going to do something differently and take that control back. So, you know, control is all a part of it. And this is the sort of basic principle of all the work that I do. If you're in full control, there's very little anxiety. The more you lose control, the more anxious you tend to get. So what can you do to take back control? So, you know, I'm not going to harp on about social media because that could be 48 podcasts in its own right. Um no one makes you go on social media. No one makes you swipe. It's a choice. What you're reading is a choice. And those choices that you're making is responding to algorithms that Facebook and Instagram and all that are building to make sure that if you're looking at something about suicide, you're going to see more about suicide. Funny old thing, you are then getting sucked into a vortex. It's going to get very hard. But it started with a choice. And you still have the choice to then not look at those things and start looking at fluffy kittens instead. So take back responsibility for the things that you are doing that are contributing to how you're feeling. And the other thing is, is about this lens, which again is very similar. How do you want to look at the world? So I give nearly everyone that I work with a little bit of homework, but it's so bloody simple, but it's so powerful. And it just starts in the session. I'll say, right, look around the room here. How many blue things are there? Count to five. And they say, oh, there's six, there's seven, whatever. Well, how many green things did you see? And you get this look of confusion. It's like, well, you didn't tell me to look for green things, you look for blue. Yeah. Then you see the pennies drop in that what you look for, you see. Therefore, if you look for all the things that are wrong, bloody hell, you'll see them because there's a lot out there, but you miss all the things that are brilliant. So I get people to do what I call develop an attitude of gratitude, is actively practice looking for all the good things that are around them. And when you, when you brush your teeth at night, it's two minutes where you can do bugger all else. So in that two minutes, reflect on your day and revisit all of the things that went well. So, for example, just when we were you know, preparing to go live, my dog decided to bring her treat ball up here, which she'd never done before, which fortunately has just got stuck under the sofa. Um, and it just made me laugh. So when I'm brushing my teeth tonight, yeah. I'll remember that because it will make me laugh again. So I'm choosing to focus on the positive things, the good things that have happened in my day. And what that does, it's it's very much like going into a gym and press, doing press-ups. If you do a lot of press-ups, you're going to get strong triceps. 
if you flex that positive muscle in your mind, it gets strong. Therefore, you see more positive things and you start to see less negative things. It's all about the lens that you're choosing to look through. Look through the negative lens. You'll pick them up all the time. Look through the positive lens. You're going to see a heck of a lot more of that, too. And if you then bring those two things together, look for positives. You then get more choice to make more positive situations, which means that positive muscle gets stronger. So you see more positive things. Yeah. And suddenly it's an upward spiral rather than a downward one. But it's interesting because it does sound so, so simple. But it is. There's, there's that power of victim mentality. Yeah. And it's rife and it's promoted and it's encouraged. And you just like, yeah. and I do, I am on one hand, I'm genuinely hopeful because if things continue as they are, like you say, this tsunami will come, I'll be big on podcasts and social media. So everyone will want to talk to me. And, um, <laughs> and at the same time, there'll be like hundreds of millions of clients. But on the other hand, it's the seriousness of, we have this, strange phenomenon that's going to happen where the next generation of adults workers are just not capable or don't appear to be capable of handling simple processes it's just like yeah and again i was um i was talking about this to someone just um just earlier today I think if you went back generation after generation, every generation thinks that the one coming up behind them isn't doing things right. It, it's going to be worse off. I remember my parents, you know, whinging to me about the music that I listened to and it was too loud yeah. and too aggressive and all that shit. But somehow I've managed to turn into a relatively decent human being. And I think there is, again, the lens we look through, there's this is a judgment that unless you're doing the way things the way we do, it's wrong. The next generation coming up, yes, they're going to be, um, yeah, they have a very short attention span, typically. They're looking for instant gratification, typically. That's wrong to us, but it's right for them. It's just different. So again, reframe it. Stop looking through the negative lens. Just say, well, that's different. And so therefore, the children that they bring up will also be different. A lot of you know brilliant things about teenagers. I love the fact that... Um, I genuinely believe in uh, 20, 30 years time, this whole diversity and inclusion issue will be a dead dog. You know, my, my daughter recently said, you know, as a unicorn tomorrow, I'm going to dress her as a unicorn, it's fine. Whether she's gay, bi, into boys, girls, whatever, I don't give a shit. And I love that kind of, that. that is an attitude that I think is a much positive step forwards whereas i can remember my mum for example if someone was gay then that was wool you know we mustn't talk about that and she used to do this little thing with her hand as yeah. like, pretending but, that oh, we can't say that we have to say it really quietly and do this song with her hand whereas now for the teenage generation yeah what the hell it really doesn't matter yeah but i i definitely agree with that um but i would say the main thing that that the only reason that's an issue at the moment is because there's certain political and groups and ideologies that keep trying to push it that it, it's something special whereas most of us just sit back and say okay, i don't give a shit who you're sleeping with as long as it's mm. of legal consensual age and you're both enjoying yourself and it's consensual frankly it's yeah. none of my business and and, and that's pretty much the only time i know anyone that gets annoyed about it including myself is when i'm getting told about it oh well i'm you know i'm bi i'm gay I'm, i don't care it's not yeah what I mean. it's like i don't run around saying i'm heterosexual with a heterosexual flag announcing how many times i've been laid this month because mm -hmm. i don't i'm quite confident that nobody really cares i had quite a um to say heated debate if you can have such a thing on linkedin there was a post someone put up to say um i think it should be made mandated on linkedin and every social uh, media platform to put your pronouns in so i went back and went mm, it's a choice if you want to put your pronouns in so if you david put your pronouns she and her i would then make the best effort to refer to you as she and her um, and as you haven't, I'm assuming you're a bloke, so I will use the typical pronouns. So if you don't put your pronouns on, 
you know, use the ones that you think are the right ones based on that agenda. And if someone wants to change it, it's their responsibility to send, oh, by the way, I preferred you to use them or whatever it may be. And she came back with this absolute rant saying, um, no, because there's so many people that are anxious out there and uh, anxiety is caused by not knowing how to address you. And I flipped it back and said, well, you are being very judgmental and discriminating for people that are heterosexual, saying that I have to change my behaviour to accommodate you. Let's all live and let live. Make the choice. If you want to be addressed in a certain way, make that obvious. And then it puts me at ease because I know that you want to be progressed, Leo, use the pronouns, them, whatever it may be. But if I make, don't make me to make a choice that's outside of my comfort zone to accommodate you, let's just all live and let live, be who we are. I'll tell you what, if you need to tell me your pronouns as a way of introducing yourself, don't, don't introduce yourself. It's never going to bother me in my life that we never have a conversation. It, it just, I have this new crazy rule that if you can think of your grandparents, did you know your grandparents? Not really, no. Okay. But let, let's imagine that you knew your grandparents or people of that generation. Yeah. Right. So we're talking World War II, World War One survivors. Yeah. Right. Explain to them what you just told me. Mm. You can't. Yeah. It doesn't you fucking can't. make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Now, I'm more than happy for anyone to live their life without fear or prejudice. Mm. But that you're a man or you're a woman. That's how you're born. Outside of that, it's a personal preference. Personal being the key. And should you be allowed to do that? 100%. Again, 100%. It's none of my business. You're a consensual adult. Enjoy yourself. Embrace it. Do, I'm all for you doing what makes you feel good. I'm all for that self-expression. But if you're getting angry about me when we've never met, you don't know me as an individual, but you happen to see this episode of the podcast, if that pisses you off, then just switch the podcast off. Listen mm -hmm. to one you're going to win. Just listen yeah. to one you're going to. Now, there's a difference between if you introduced yourself and said, Hi, my name's Sarah. Anything outside of me calling you Sarah. It's just being rude and being a dick, no pun intended. But it is that, that you know, but that's rule applies to everybody I meet, whether they're Christian, whether they're Muslim, whether they're a boy, a girl, fat, skinny, tall, short. It, it, it mm. just applies to in-person interactions is where it applies. But if you have to announce your pronouns, it's because you don't look like who you're trying to be. And that's it's not a genuine mistake. People are seeing you for what you are in physical reality. I do um, quite a lot of public speaking, and it would you know be fairly standard even five years ago to say you know good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Can't do that anymore. Yeah, you have to say good evening, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary, and there, there's a list of about ten different things. I so I just now go, hello, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I, I would just be, evening all, how's it going? Hey, everybody, because I don't want to be deliberately excluding someone. I don't want to deliberately rub someone up the wrong way. Are you so deliberately? Thinking, yeah, I, but I make that choice, therefore, to make that subtle change. You go, hello, everybody, which in my terms is being as inclusive as I possibly can to embrace that. But again, it's a choice. But if, are you being deliberately it's, are you deliberately excluding people or are people deliberately demanding attention? If I walk into a room of 500 people to give a speech, I can't be expected to know every individual on the list, on the guest mm -hmm. list who's paid a ticket. However, because I am the person that's been asked to speak, I can expect every one of you to know who I am or at least why I'm speaking. If you've purchased a ticket on the basis that David Watson is coming to give a talk and answer questions, it's perfectly reasonable for me to expect that you at least know who you've paid to come and see without necessarily knowing everything about me. But there must be some form of interest that got you to purchase a ticket and pay the price, 
right? But I think what we're talking about is is this social pressure. Yeah, you know, there is a social pressure to now be inclusive um, and non discriminatory non discriminatory. Therefore, I am as a professional a speaker being advised yeah. use these ten particular addressing. Which I just think, oh, tends too much for me to remember. Hello, everybody. That kind of works, ticking the box in my way. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to where we started, I think teenagers live are living under an awful lot more social pressures that are causing them to make a lot of choices that they're perhaps not either empowered or enskilled enough to make. Which brings me back to go back to nineteen twenty four and explain that to a human being. A bit before my time. Yeah, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Go back to somebody that's from that era and explain it to them. And it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense because it, it's not it's it's nonsense. It's just complete nonsense. We're t we're talking about uh, a form of narcissism, and you know, in, in a sense, it's a form of narcissism that somebody that doesn't know me should know who I am, and what I prefer, and what I believe. And like I said, I'm distinguishing between if I know you as an individual, you know. So for as long as I've known you, which is quite a few years now, it's always Caroline. I've never yep. thought to call you Kaz. I've never, you know what I mean? I, I, you I, got slapped if you did. Yeah, exactly. Because you introduce yourself as Caroline, the same as I introduce yeah. myself as David or Watson. You know, mm -hmm. it is. So, but, and that's just common sense, mm -hmm. you know. Now, if you looked like you needed, you know, if I turned up the first time I met you and you had a morning shadow and still sat there in a dress, in a blouse and said, my name's Caroline, I'm still going to call you Caroline. Yeah. I'm not going to question mm -hmm. it because, well, you're clearly a bloke dressed in drag. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to call you Caroline because that's how you've introduced it. And that's just the simplest common courtesy. Mm. Yeah. But and I guess, yeah, that almost brings us right the way back to where we started. It, it's the fear of judgment of failure. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Yeah, um, being judged for someone, um, I mean, there, there's someone within the professional organized, uh, speaking association that um, I'm part of. Um, they are physically a male, but they're presenting as a female. Yeah. And have changed their name into a female form and have asked to be used female pronouns. And that's perfect because they present themselves as a female. And that, that's what I mean. If I paid to go to that speaking event, mm. I would, on the assumption would be that I'd understand who I'm going to listen to. Mm. So, I mean, so, so I, like I said, I, I, I have zero issue with the choice. It's this idea that somebody could be watching this podcast in another country or just down the road and personalize it to such a level that I must be discriminating against them, where I don't know you exist. And that goes back to that thing is, if you're a speaker and you go into a room of 500 people, you wouldn't think to say, good evening, Muslims, Christians, Hindus, yeah. tax yeah. accountants, postmen, <laughs> painters, yeah. decorators, rookies. You, you just wouldn't think to do it. It's perfectly normal to go in and say, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Because you know I mean? ironically, but bear with me, because ironically, if you're a male who has announced their transition to publicly be female, surely you're included in the good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And there's those that are non-binary. I, that, that's sort of where a lot of the issues started wanted to be and my my daughter has a friend who is now declared themselves to be non-binary and wants to be known use the pronouns they and them it's me, a wonderful I world we live in where people don't have real problems and, and and as a as a child i remember if ever i used they or them i would be picked up on it to say that's rude it's he or she mm. so to me even by saying yeah. you know it or they or them is rude and I, I said to my daughter i am going to try my i mean i've known this individual ever since she was four as a female so i am used to referring to them as her and so it's it takes a lot of mental effort which i'm prepared to put in i'm gonna trip up sometimes and that's what i said to my daughter is i am doing my best but don't give me a complete and utter bollocking when i get it wrong i think one of the other things, I think this is probably where I find it the most offensive, is you 
are not allowed to say that's not for me. So please don't interact with me. Well, yeah. To me, because I could do that in any pretty much any other circumstances. If I find your views not in line with me, it's perfectly acceptable to say I don't want to have a conversation with you. You, you, you and I are we're not we're not friends. You know, you're not my cup of tea. You rub me up the wrong way, whatever. You know, you can certainly do it with politics. You, you're more than welcome with people when it comes to politics. If, if you vote for the wrong idiot, you know, we're not talking. We can't be friends. But, you know, in any other form that's considered discrimination, if I do it to somebody who's like, you know, I'm, they, them, they, them are plural for people. Mm. That, that, that's the language I was raised with. It was never discriminatory. It was never racist. It was never anything. It's just that's how you describe groups yeah you know so i think yeah coming back to you know drawing a lot of these threads together and especially with teenagers there are so many other things now that can heighten the risk of failure like by using the wrong pronouns or by you know not being able to say right i don't want to be friends with you because that's a, a judgment and you'll be judged for that judgment probably quite harshly so i think this is all part of the uh pandemic aside one of the one of the many reasons that so many teenagers now are struggling with anxiety because of that that fear of risk and fear of failure is is higher i think and probably this is as we were talking it's probably one of my greater fears is like i said at some point life is going to catch up with them and they're going to get heartbroken somebody they know is going to have a car accident something very close to our hearts our dogs die you know yeah exactly funny enough the engineer was saying today you know he lost his dog last year and mm -hmm. you know this is something you and i recently well you, you more recently myself but it tears us apart you know much yeah. more you know i mean i love my mum to bits but she's not my dog i mean i mean she's a great mother i don't want anyone to think that she isn't but she's not my dog right and there's life is going to hit these people they're going to have genuine heartbreaks they're going to have genuine places where they get into relationships and are betrayed or let down um or they're going to end up with children and those children may end up having serious illnesses as a child and there's you know and, and just just simple things the, the simple things that just get on top of you because the car breaks down the, the telephone line goes down you drop your mobile phone you lose your bank card all in the space of 14 days or something and do you know what I mean? And those things, and then you go to work and your boss isn't, is an idiot who doesn't give a shit because he's having a hard time as well because he or she or they or them is having an argument with their partner. Do you know what I mean? And I don't feel when we go down this road, what I think long-term what will happen is people will get on with their life because people are we're very invested in self-preservation and ultimately self-preservation becomes staying away from people that make your life more difficult and you you and i would know much more about this as you know much older adults is that you just start you know once you started having children being married having a family doing all that stuff your, your social circle changes because you're busy yeah, and, and a lot of these people and you become very selective then about who you do interact with because time is more precious and it's one of the mm. biggest adult skills that you can get is actually time is precious how do i filter who i'm going to spend my time with and yeah. it's personal there's no point saying it's not personal because it is because i only have two hours to chill out for that one meal that i'm going to have in may and i'm not doing it with you because i'll it'll just ruin my night and mm -hmm. i think further down the line as it becomes more difficult those groups will become more isolated not more included they'll become more isolated because it's too difficult to navigate if all i'm trying to do is chill out and relax and when life really hits you hard you're you you're gonna have not only you're gonna have no coping skills people are going to stay away from you even more because it's difficult to navigate being around you i could be wrong I could be wrong. I don't think I am. Yeah. I say that 
I think it, it, it's easy to think that everything is going to be worse in the future. I don't think it will be worse. It will just be different. I think you know families will be different. It wasn't that long ago that it was very standard for an extended family. Grandparents would be there to support mm-hmm. the children. You know, we're now nuclear families. I think we have just tipped the statistic yeah. where there's more single parents than there are nuclear families. And something that I see very much with the teenagers, it's this, again, um, instant gratification and rather than repair something just throw it away and get something new yeah um and i think that will translate into relationships as well i think it is very unlikely that people will stay with one person for all of their lives and actually that's mm. really demanding to expect one person to provide all your needs for the rest of your life but yeah. you know is that a bad thing no it's just going to be different and the children of those relationships that become more transient will be different but different doesn't have to be worse. Mm. It's just different. And society will, again, adjust to accommodate that. If we think, even now, here we are sitting on a Zoom call, we wouldn't have done that five years ago. But Actually, it's normalised now. Respectfully, I was trying to do this five years ago. But we had a pandemic that forced everybody into accepting the idea. I've been trying to do yeah, Zoom things, for eight years. Change. Yeah, mm. things change. And yeah, just uh, so many more people are now working from home. Yeah, it's normalized and these things do adjust and they can adjust relatively quickly mm. um but it, it's going back the way back to where i started it decide it's a choice of how you look at it is it bad or is it just different might even be better in some cases and whichever choice you make will have a big impact on how you feel about it yeah no it's absolutely i mean time will tell we'll find out in the end and uh just being conscious of your time, I'm going to chuck in a random question, which is what I've started doing with everybody. Um, oh, I'm so, nervous now. I don't know. It, I know. I know your random questions. Yeah. So, whether well, you, yeah, that's true. Um, so, if you could go to any place, any time in history, where would you go? What car would you be driving? And what would you be listening to on the radio? I always, when I'm asked these questions, I will just always just go with the instinctive reaction. And as soon as you you ask that question, the image that came up in my ha- in my head would be I would want to go back to the Tudor period and be part of um, Henry VIII court. Perfect. Because I think that was such a fundamental period in time that really changed. Yeah, you know, it still influences the society that we are today. Um, you know, and rightly or wrongly. That guy had balls to go, right, sod off Flick <laughs> Church. I want to do something different. Therefore, I'm going to set up the Church of England. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So respect is like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do and, and sod everyone else. And actually, here we are years later with a completely different um, relationship with, with religion. So yeah, I don't... that kind of invalidates our music, doesn't it? No, because it's, it's, it's still... No, I, I like it as a question because it just opens up too many things. So you can't, you know, you can't become fixated on one answer. So like you said, tend, people tend to go with what they trust. It's just like, actually, this is the answer I've gone with. But it's, um, I, I'll tell you. Yeah, after... guess, yeah, I'm not particularly motivated by cars anyway. So right. that's never a big sort of thing. And I know cars are a big passion of yours. Um. And music, I'm pretty eclectic in music. I will listen to all sorts of different styles depending on what mood I'm in at the time. You know, yeah. if, if you listen to a, if you if you tuned into my um, Spotify playlist, I've got like Latino music on there because when I'm down, if I put something like that, I just can't help get up and start bouncing around the kitchen, salsa dancing, and that just lifts my mood. I've got one of my favourite songs is the Time Warp put the time warp on and that's it you know rocky horror yeah, yeah. i come um and yeah yeah there's other things that are there's there's another um and what you call them called the two cellos which yeah. it it's as it says it's just two cellos so you know again i i will listen to music that supports either the mood i'm in or the mood i want to be in yeah yeah that's perfect thank you very much and there we have it 100 episodes thank you very much to caroline for being with me from the beginning literally from the beginning being part of the process that enabled this to happen 
Thank you very much to everyone that's subscribed, everyone that's liked, everyone that's shared, everyone that's commented. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate all of the support. To anyone who's listening, if you'd like to come on, get in touch. If you're an agency, a public relations company, trying to raise your profile, I don't mind. Get in touch. I'm willing to have a conversation with anyone. But wherever you are from, whoever you are, whatever you believe, please, as always, take care. Until next time, look after yourself.